I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. There is a buzz about the place. As uh, Paul McStay, I think, once said, and uh, that Celtic and Scotland legend is with us on tomorrow night's show, live just after a five o'clock. Uh, we have uh, Scotland striker Lauren Shanklin didn't make the squad, but he does make the studio Thursday alongside Chris Burke. Jackie McNamara will be with us on that show as well. Sir Kenny Dalgleish joins us on Friday alongside Scotland legend Barry Ferguson in the studio on the show as well and by that stage we are getting very close to Scotland against the Czech Republic in the European Championship Finals Uh, we are buzzing there is not much doubt about that Uh, tonight on the show we have Stephen Cragen one of the best Scottish football pundits around Uh, Davy Proven uh, one of the best as well in terms of football analysis and uh, he was co-coming of course on Scotland against Luxembourg on Sunday night we will have Declan Gallagher of Scotland and soon to be Aberdeen, switching from Motherwell to Aberdeen in terms of club. Uh, he will be a key man on Monday and he will be with us just after the news at six. We're also going to hear in the first hour from another Scotland uh, squad player and a very probable Scotland starter in that game against the Czech Republic as well. It is Stephen O'Donnell. Getting excited, Davy? Yeah, it's here now, isn't it? I mean, when the final whistle went in the Luxembourg game, it was, uh, here we go, it's with us. Absolutely. Stephen, you've got a Scottish passport, haven't you? Yeah, well, I think there's lots of optimism about, which is maybe a bit of a concern when we think about the Scottish national team. But certainly, you know, just looking at the squad, there's a real dynamic look to it. There's so many good players in the squad. You know, we sat earlier on, didn't we? You're trying to pick an 11 or trying to pick Steve Clark's 11. But, you know, you could go any... shape any personnel midfield dynamic they've got goals in it they've got creativity so I think they're just peaking at the right time and it was some performance against the Dutch wasn't it Davey I mean sometimes you're very cynical about these friendly games how much they mean how much you can read into them but that was a quality Dutch team they were warming up for the championships as well and Scotland were within a couple of minutes of beating them well I I think Steve Clark took a chance taking on that quality of opposition because the last thing you want going into a tournament is you know a, a psychological blow um, so fair play to Scotland for taking the game in the first place and I thought we were terrific in the game from, from start to finish the Luxembourg game less demanding obviously but a lot of good things in the Luxembourg game as well you, you would have to say the, the finishing was, was poor from Scotland really poor and it has to be better next Monday but overall the two games uh, I, I think we're looking in really good nick going into the Czech Republic game it's quite an emotional feeling, isn't it, uh, going into Scotland's first major finals in 23 years. I mean, you've covered so many, you know, you're a former Scotland international, obviously, uh, but you've covered uh, as co-commentator so many Scotland games as well. So many painful, horrible yeah. games to be involved in. I mean, I remember covering, commentating on the, the opening game at the, the France World Cup yeah. and, and never would I have thought that it would take 23 yeah. years before experiencing that again. It is emotional, isn't it? The, the difference for me, Rob, is that 
I, I, I think we're going into this and I think we can do really well. You know, previous... Um, so, you know, you, you look back at the Scotland teams for, for a long number of years, we, we, we were a spoiling team. We had no pace at the back. We couldn't get up the pitch. We had either Kenny Miller running the channels or Stephen Fletcher trying to hold the ball up on his own. And we weren't even good to watch. But I, I think now we, we're, a good, we're a good side to watch. We've got width. We've got more pace at the back, which allows us to squeeze the game up. It makes it easier for the midfield players to support the strikers. I think we now have strikers good enough that we can play with two up. Um, there is so much going for this Scotland side and I just hope that they can realise their their potential when it really matters. But I think they've evolved under Steve Clark as well, Davey, haven't they? You know, because yeah. for a spell, they weren't great to watch, you know, but he had to get the organisation right. He had to try and put stability into them defensively, make sure they were a hard team to play against. And I think the players have now taking that on board and they're evolving they're, they're being braver in possessions you say they've got you know Stephen O'Donnell or Nathan Patterson on the right hand side Andy Robertson you know, energy up and down the outside Tierney can defend well at centre half midfield players who are good with the ball can handle it it's not just a case of you know continually turning over possession and I think that's why there's lots of optimism because you're looking at it and thinking there's a real opportunity I mean it's the three best four, uh, third place finishes get into the last sorry four get into the last 16 so you could win one group game and be in the last 16 Scotland's yeah. never been out of their group in a major competition so there's a real chance for this team to lay a marker down for now and for moving forward the next number of years and you look at the strikers and we've got Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams and Kevin Nisbet all scoring goals um, that used to be a big issue who's going to play up front who's yeah. going to get the goals who's going to play in central defence suddenly uh, you look at the three that started on Sunday in the game you were commentating on Davy. Uh, Hanley, Gallagher and Tierney was the back three uh, but on top of that you've got uh, Cooper, McKenna and Jack Hendry as well Yeah, yeah. Cho choices all over the pitch and you know nowhere more so than a, a right wing back you know where you've got Stephen O'Donnell who's a man in possession you've got Nathan Patterson Ryan Fraser James Forrest um, central midfield you know does he does he put Billy Gilmer in ahead of Callum McGregor Um just so much choice and it's just so refreshing to see a Scotland side that is rich enough in talent that the manager has a real headache in terms of, of who he's going to start with. You were floating the idea as well of uh, Stuart Armstrong being another yeah, contender I, in that right wing, well, right wing back position. Yeah, I, I, I think he could play there. He played right midfield for Southampton for most of, of last season. Um, he, he's clever enough to, to play that position. He's got the engine to do it. Um, I, I do think I do think Steve Clark will stick with Stephen O'Donnell. I think he'll stick with Callum McGregor. Um, and I think he'll stick with Grant Hanley. Um, yeah. There, there are two teams, I suppose. There is a team that I would pick and <laughs> yeah. there is a team that I think yeah. Steve will pick. Yeah. And I, I think we're all inclined to think that Steve Clark will go with the, the experience to try and... and and then Stevie we trust anyway he can do just about anything uh, as far as we're concerned at the moment has he done the right thing in giving the players a couple of days off Craigs is, is that a good call that uh, post Luxembourg they're at home for a couple of days and they reconvene tomorrow night in Darlington I quite like it because it freshens the players up you know it gets them away from that intense environment they've been in you know living, on, uh, living under restrictions but they will have left with a strong message of don't be going out don't be socialising well, that, anywhere. That's a, that's a worry because we, right. we came through Heathrow Airport the other morning and Shea Adams was coming through Heathrow and Heathrow was busy. So, yeah, so that's that's the chance mm, you take, you yeah. know, if you let them out of the bubble. But by the same token, players hate being stuck in a camp for too long, don't they? Yeah. And to be fair, you know, would you give up going to a major tournament so you can go out for a meal or go out for a couple of pints? Would you? 
You know, I don't think mm. anyone in their right frame of mind have worked too hard to get to where they are as professional footballers. So, you know, taking the nation to uh, their first championship since 1998, you want to be part of it. And particularly, if, you know, if you're one of the guys that you think, I'm going to start in these games, you don't want to put anything at risk. So and I, I guess that's partly the way he works as well. He yeah, treats them as well, adults. And, well, he gives them trust. Yeah. So all, you, all he wants is a little bit back. So I think that freshen them up. You know, they'll come away and see their family, see their kids, get a couple of days, and they'll be chomping at the bit to get back to camp tomorrow night. You know, and get really thinking about the game. The, you know, the Monday game will be in their mind. Going to Hamden Park, fans in as well, which will be huge yeah. for them. So, listen, I think it's good management. Steve Clark, no doubt about it. Six days away, and here's Stevie Clark on those selection headaches. Speaking off the back of the game in Luxembourg. No, I think I've got selection headaches all over the pitch. I think the boys that played midfield the other night against Holland were really good. Enjoyed that midfield three. I enjoyed the way they played. Different midfield tonight. So listen, I've got headaches all over the pitch. I want headaches. No big headaches in any positions. Everybody fighting. Everybody with a viable chance of being involved in the in the three games. That's that's what we need. We need everybody ready because you never know what's going to happen now. Where the little scare with the COVID, pick up a couple of injuries in certain positions. Everyone has to be ready. You see tonight, when they come in, they know what they're doing and that's really important. So it is Monday for Scotland against the Czech Republic. Lots to talk about in the course of the show uh, on that very subject. We will have Declan Gallagher with us. We will have Stephen O'Donnell with us as well, two from the squad uh, talking to us about how they are feeling ahead of that big match six days away. The start of the tournament, of course, is just three days away. It starts on Friday night. But uh, other football stories to talk about on the show as well. Uh, there will come a day when we don't mention Eddie Howe or Ange Postecoglou in the course of a show, but it ain't happening, happening anytime soon. Um, and the latest word on the Greek-born Australian is that he has a game with Yokohama uh, in the middle of this week, uh, so he won't be going anywhere until then. Uh, the word is he will then head for Glasgow and join Celtic, allegedly. Uh, but he might have 10 days of quarantine, Davey, as well. This yeah. panto goes on. I, I feel sorry for the guy, Rob, because um, you know he's behind the eight ball already. Uh, you've mentioned the quarantine. He also comes into a club that needs a complete clear out, which hasn't started yet. Um, he's he's going to have a really really difficult job because people in Glasgow make snap judgments. You know, I go I go back to when Vim Jansen was appointed, lost his first two games, and the supporters wanted him out. So Postecoglou is is going to come up against a, a similar amount of of snap judgment, which I think would be totally unfair given the circumstances under which he's, he's coming into the club. He does need time. This is not a city where old firm managers get time. And the players are going to get back into pre-season training. I think whatever happens with, with Postecoglou in terms of uh, uh, coming to Scotland, the players are going to be turning up for pre-season training and uh, coming face-to-face with John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, etc. The, the backroom staff, as was last season, turning up with no new manager mm-hmm. in place. I can imagine the the players will want some answers also of what direction the club are going in, how they're going to build something. You know, if you're a young, ambitious player at Celtic, and you know maybe there's bids coming in for you, if you're trying to keep the hold of Christopher Ayer or Ryan Christie or David Turnbull could even go, you know, these guys want to know what the plan is. You know, they want to be part of a successful team. Cal McGregor, you know, there's always been a lot of talk of him leaving the club and going somewhere else. This is probably his last opportunity if he doesn't go this summer. Uh, he does have a long-term contract, but ultimately, he doesn't want to be part of a club that isn't competing. You know, after winning so many trophies in the last number of years, you want to have a competitive team. You know, Postecoglou coming in, he won't know the Celtic players, really. He'll know them by name, but he won't know them personality-wise or what they bring to the, the team. I think you have to build that over a period of time. Uh, he needs to probably sign a 10, 11 players. So how does he know the market? 
Does he know what budget he has to spend? Does he know what you know? There's so many things to come into consideration. And Celtic's first game of the season is a Champions League qualifier. And if he gets off to a bad start on that, like Davey said, suddenly then you're really under pressure. I just wondered, does he know what kind of job he's coming to or what the expectations are because they're huge? Absolutely. He has to hit the ground running. Uh, that's a must. Um, he's going to be doing it all, uh, you would imagine, uh, barring a, a late change of heart, without it's Odson Edouard, uh, who it seems is going to be reunited with Brendan Rodgers at Leicester. Uh, the figures being spoken about range from 15 million to 18 million so uh, by the time Celtic give a chunk of the profit to PSG yeah. uh, they ain't going to be making a lot of money out of odds in Edouard no. no I mean the the risk that Celtic took in keeping him last summer when they probably should have sold him backfired didn't it um, I, I, I think he's a he's certainly a top six player I'm talking about top six Premier League and mm. England player um, Brendan, so that, that, that's not a fee that you no, think a not, top six not, team should be paying it doesn't reflect his, his value at all and yeah. unfortunately Celtic who got stung when they sold Kieran Tierney um, are going to get stung again I, I don't think they have any choice I don't think Celtic have any leverage here because the player clearly wants to go and Leicester are probably calling the shots here there ain't much good news for Celtic at the moment uh, still trying to get the managerial thing sorted no director of football uh, no head of football operations, uh, as far uh, as I'm aware, uh, and losing money, uh, effectively losing money on players in terms of value. Uh, there's talk of Chris Iyer uh, mm. going to Newcastle last week, um, six million. I mean that that's way below what what their estimation yeah. of his value was not so long ago. I think the problem is when you allow players to go into the last year of their contract, you know their value dramatically goes down because the player sits tight. You know, wants to go and sign a pre-contract if you don't sell him. Does he lose motivation if you don't sell him? So Celtic are struggling a little bit with with regards to that. But you look at Edward, you know, you possibly sell him for 18 million. And it's not just that, it's his goals. I think it's 83 goals in 168 games. You're then going to have to go and replace an 18 million pound striker for about 4 million pounds, mm. which is nigh impossible. They have the quality he has, you know, the ability he's got. He's Celtic's best player, even you know, particularly in domestic football. When he's in the Celtic team, the opposition think wearing for a tough afternoon because he's got that little bit of magic I think when he's not on the team I think Selig aren't anywhere near as good a team even if he's not at his best I still think he has a moment of magic in him so trying to replace that for a fraction of what they're selling for is going to be a tough, tough ask I wonder how the season ticket sales are going um, these are worrying times yeah. to be a Celtic fan so many things that we've just spoken about in the last five minutes Dave. yeah, yeah the, the, the supporters will still buy the season tickets Rob they, they'll still buy them no danger there um, the, the, there's never going to be any doubt about you know, worrying about not being able to sell season tickets. Is that a, is that a problem? Do you think, in terms of accountability, because of that to, incredible faith that the Celtic yeah, fans show? Yeah, because I think the Celtic board have, have have managed to get away with murder this season. I, I think they've they've run the club terribly, um, and you know they're not going to be held held uh, uh, accountable for it. And you know, even things like Ryan Christie being allowed to, I think it's after June the 30th, they can sign a pre-contract. Mm. You know, they're not going to get value for him. Yeah. Jack Hendry, now looks as if he's going to be in the Scotland side, um, player of the year in Belgium. And I, I think in his loan deal, there's a, an yeah. option to get him for yeah. one and a half million. Yeah. Who, was com who, who was making those decisions? Yeah. Now, Celtic are losing money hand over fist. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they're losing financially there and they're also losing a player who they could desperately do with, you would imagine, a top-class international yeah. defender in an area where they've, they've had so many problems and, and it seems Ostend and Belgium are taking up their option to buy him for I'll a million bet. and a half and, and what they're going to do is sell him on as quick as they possibly yeah. can to another Belgian team and make a profit well, on they'll him. They'll make a fortune, though. They'll flip, they'll flip the, the deal. And, you know, given that Postacoglu, by all accounts, is, is a manager who wants his defenders to bring the ball out from the back, Jack Henry would have been right up his street. Yeah. And he's going to go. Crazy. And just kind of wonder, did he have any say in that? You know, well, probably not because the, the, the deal will have been favoured for Ostend. You know, rather than being favoured for Celtic, it's favoured for Ostend because the fee's in there. It's their choice of whether they want to yeah. take him or not. But you just wonder anything, you know, any other player potentially leaving. You know, the new manager's not even in the country, but, you know, surely he'll want to try and keep as many of his best players as possible. And the turnaround is incredible. You know, we're talking 9, 10, 11 players and he's not going to get them all right. You might get, you know, four or five of them right. Suddenly then you're still below the standard you've been at in the last four or five years. And I think all that frustration, David, you're talking about with regards towards the board and, and, and the frustrations, that will go under the manager. That will yeah, go of course him. it will. Yeah, yeah, they'll take it out on the manager. He, he, exactly. He'll carry the can because yeah. he's the man in the public eye. Yeah, It's a bit of a pressure job, isn't it, when you think about it? And the contrast between what's happening at Celtic at the moment, what's not happening at Celtic, and what continues to be happening at Rangers, who are in such a strong position. They won the title by 25 points. They've been slowly putting pieces in place mm -hmm. for next season, their assault on getting into the Champions League. And today, Davy, uh, they've announced that uh, Jermaine Defoe has extended his contract and it's now a play player coaching uh, deal. He's going to be a striker's coach by the sounds of it, uh, a one-year extension. Um, and what an influence he is going to yeah. continue to be on those young developing Rangers players. Well, you know, I I, I don't want to add to, to Celtic's troubles, but I, I, again, you can't help but contrast the difference between Jermaine Defoe still playing at 38 and Lee Griffiths, who looks as if he's leaving Celtic at 30. Mm. And by the way, I would not I would not let Lee Griffiths go. I don't think Celtic can afford to let him go. No. If, if Edward goes, uh, a Yeti, I don't think it's up to it. Why would you let Lee Griffiths go? Klimala's gone. Yeah. Klimala's gone. I mean, uh, why would you let Lee Griffiths yeah. go? And, and I know Lee Griffiths was, uh, I think he let his teammates, he let his manager down last summer when he, he turned up overweight and, and un, unfit. But you have to assume you can get him into shape, offer him some kind of incentivized contract, but don't let a boy who can finish as well as he does walk out the club when you're so short of strikers. So we're talking about Celtic. Uh, what is happening uh, behind the scenes? Uh, when is that managerial vacancy going to be filled? We're talking about Rangers as well. That new deal for Jermaine Defoe as uh, Rangers continue to build very quietly in the background uh, towards next season, looking to defend the title, looking to make uh, more waves in European football as well. And of course, above all else, we are talking about Scotland. Three days until Euro 2020. Six days until Scotland against the Czech Republic. Uh, almost certainly Stephen O'Donnell will be in that starting 11 at Hamden and we'll hear from him next. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. We can't wait, can we? Till Monday. Friday, Euro 2020 gets underway a year late uh, and three days later, Scotland uh, take their bow at Hamden against the Czech Republic. It's going to be quite a game, that one, to open things up for Stevie Clark and his team. 
It's the Go Radio Football Show uh, following Scotland's progress all the way and uh, look out for our match day coverage, big build-up uh, to all Scotland's games, England at Wembley, of course, and then back at Hamden for the game against uh, the last World Cup finalists, uh, Croatia. It's a tall order for Scotland, uh, but there is a feel-good factor in the air, no doubt about that. We're going to hear uh, on the back of the news at six uh, from one very key member of the Scotland squad, that's Declan Gallagher. He'll be with us um, in about uh, 40 minutes' time. Right now, uh, before we hear again from Stephen Cragen and from uh, Davy Provent, we're going to hear from another man who's uh, an almost certain starter for Scotland against the Czech Republic. I've been talking to him and it is the Motherwell uh, defender Stephen O'Donnell. Stephen, what a year you've had. I remember you standing socially distanced, of course, with us in one of the early Go Radio football shows in the studio. Uh, you were with, uh, without a club at that stage and you were really worried about your, your Scotland future. I mean, I think you'd resigned yourself almost at that stage not to being in the, the next squad and it turned out you actually were. Yeah, no, well, I think the, the last time I was in, I, I was about to sign for Motherwell, but I didn't expect to, to go in straight away to the starting eleven. I'd only, I think, trained once or twice with the team and went straight in. So very fortunate that the, the old manager, Stephen Robinson, had that much faith to put me right back in. And um, and then from there, kind of really gave me an opportunity. I was able to kind of show I was fit for a start. And then obviously maybe with my past relationship with the, the manager, um, Steve Clark, and, and played a couple more games before the squad was announced, got, got myself back in contention and thankfully made my way into the squad. Yeah, you're talking about the faith that Stephen Robinson showed in you. Uh, Stevie Clark certainly did as well. He knew... Um, that you didn't really need too much game time to be up and running and ready for the Scotland squad. Yeah, no, well, look, I think it's one definite positive from from having the past um, history with him is that he would know that I, I look after myself and one thing I try and be able to do is run. Everything else might not be great, but um, yeah. I'll try and put everything's... Uh, uh, I'm as fit as possible and, and, and obviously available to do as, as good a job as possible. You've obviously got a great relationship with him. You had it at Kilmarnock. You have it now with Scotland... How does he work? How would you explain how he goes about his business? How does he succeed? Obviously, I'm sure he'll, he'll be slightly different for everyone. Every manager needs to slightly tweak it to the personalities, to the to the characters. But I'm I'm would like to think I'm relatively simple. He's he's consistent. He's honest, and he and he's calming um, on the side of the pitch. Whenever like you're you're maybe doing something wrong or, or not what he's looking for, he's he, he's just calm. You look around at him, and he just seems to be in control. And, and it's something that I find helps helps myself. So I think I, I managed to play some of my best football under him. And um, it's just with those simple things, he doesn't overcomplicate it. And no, I, I just really enjoy working under him. And I take it you believed in him even through the the difficult times, the early times. Uh, some games that were pretty brutal to watch. But it was all a means to an end, wasn't it? He knew he was getting where he wanted to get to. And I guess you believed that as well. I said it before under the old manager with Scotland. It's, it's from my experience coming in, it's one of the hardest roles because there's a lot of pressure from the outside to to to, to qualify and be successful, albeit it's been such a long time and in some capacity unrealistic at times. Um, when you're sitting fifth or fourth seed, like, to expect you to come first or second is a, is a big ask because all the nations are improving, all the nations are good and they're all looking for the same the same outcome. The biggest problem or, or the hardest thing to overcome as a manager is you only get a short time to work with the players. You even see from the, the last squad to this squad the number of players that have dropped out through injury or, or have been not selected. 
you're, it's a, a, a forever changing cycle and you maybe struggle to find that time to really get on the training ground you're normally meeting up for 10 days you've got two or three games and you're lucky if you get two or three sessions in so to really implement your style implement your way of playing it, it, it can take time and it's the same for every manager that's not just Steve Clark it, it's a very difficult um, task and and thankfully, he's um, he's managed to get it right and, and found ourselves going to the Euros. Yeah, he goes down in history. You guys all go down in history as well. Tell me about Belgrade in November. How clearly do you remember that night, that game, that outcome qualifying for the first time in 23 years? What was it that happened in Belgrade? <laughs> <laughs> ah, look, it was, a, it, was, it was an incredible night. Um, certainly, as, as, a, as a professional, the highlight, of my career without a doubt coming close probably to the first ever game uh, for Scotland and the, the celebrations after it was was unique because of COVID I'm sure we would have all loved our family and friends to be there but it, it created a really close-knit group we were all stuck together because we, were, we weren't allowed out um, but the camaraderie the togetherness um, was, was amazing and, and, and one of the, the best nights I've, I've ever had if not the best night I'd say <laughs> maybe my wedding night I'll claim that one <laughs> yeah well added just in case she's uh, lurking in the background there I know that <laughs> um, so what about the Euros Stephen uh, how exciting a prospect is this uh, and what can we expect from Scotland I mean to be there is fantastic just because it's been so long uh, but I guess now that you're there uh, you want to make the most of it and could Scotland get through the group, get through to the knockout stages? Look, I think could is the right word. I think we could. I think we've got a, a squad with a lot of talent and a lot of players playing at the top of the Premiership and, and playing well. They're not just mediocre players in their team. Um, and we've got a, a balanced boys with myself working hard. Not the other boys don't work hard, but you know what I mean? There's a, there's a blend. And then... Um, and I think the, the the minimum we'll do is give it all. I think it's obviously every time you put on a Scotland top, that's what you should give. But um, I think we'll leave everything on the pitch. We've got three games to hopefully, um, as you'd mentioned earlier, kind of go down in history previously. If we win one of these three games, possibly a, a win and a draw, we'll, 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 we'll write ourselves even further into kind of the history books. And, and it's something every player would like to do. But... Um, as long as we give everything, it's three very good sides we're going to be playing against. Um, we played Czech Republic recently and um, and they were a very tough side to break down and to beat. Um, I'd like the same result. I'd take that right now if you offered me it. But um, it's going to be very, very difficult. And hopefully we can do that. If we can, it'll make it what, what an amazing summer. And there are going to be fans, yes, fans inside Hamden. Only 12,500, but that seems at the moment like a massive number, doesn't it? How's that going to be to have a Hamden roar for that first game against the Czech Republic I'm, I'm pretty sure the the 12,000 12,500 will make pretty much as much noise as, as 50,000 is capable of I think I hope, I hope it's the, the, the diehards I think I don't know how they're doing it but I hope the diehards that get in that have followed Scotland everywhere that, that they get the chance to, to kind of experience this and, and I also heard I think is it Glasgow Green's got a up, so things like be that a, f- a fan zone yeah that's what I was a wee bit worried about as a, as a spectacle is that maybe the the things you see on the on the telly from watching all the, the the previous Euros and World Cup was all that sort of atmosphere that, that really makes it, and uh, and I'm glad we're managing to get some of that. Um, obviously, we need, we need everyone still to stay safe. Twelve and a half thousand mixed in with the fan zones and stuff, and I'm sure there'll be places in all the pubs. Hope we make for a really enjoyable summer. 
And if we can get the, the points necessary to get out of the group, we'll make a, an even more enjoyable one. And does it feel when you join up with Scotland, does it just feel that you're going to training with a club because of the, the bond that's been created? I mean, you're coming from Motherwell, Scott McTominay is coming from Man United, but everybody seems to get together really effectively. Yeah, no, I, I, look, they do, but I think that comes from the personalities that are at these top clubs. Um, they're one at the top clubs because of their ability, but probably more importantly, their attitude and, and how they dedicate themselves to the profession. And they come away and regardless of who's next to them, they're going to do everything they can. They have, as much as there's pressure on on all the players in, in individual ways, um, like Scott, Andy, Kieran, they come with an added pressure with that sort of a background that they've got um, where they apply their trade. Then they live with that every day. So they come away, they give everything for the cause and, and thankfully it was enough to to qualify and, and let's hope that there's enough with the, the 11 that's selected for the, the Czech game to, to to get another win. You seem really calm and collected at the moment. You must be buzzing inside about what's to come. Look, I, um, to answer your question, I think um, I'm, I'm calm just now, but I'm sure come starting or or, or in the stand or, or playing or on the bench in, in the Czech game, I think the emotions will be slightly more wired than, than they are just now. I think calm before the storm is, is definitely the right term. I'm excited. I, I can't wait. I'm just nervous for the games coming and, and, and hopefully I can play a part and, and, and play a, a big part if I've selected. Stephen, that's great. Good to talk to you. Creator, no worries. Thanks very Take much for on. that. All the best. It's Glasgow's own Go Radio. The football show and it's Rob McLean, Davy Proven and Stephen Cragen in the studio. Declan Gallagher with us in about half an hour's time uh, live. And that was Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, not always, Davy, everyone's cup of tea. Um, I think since he's yeah. been in the Scotland team, probably lots of people have been trying to find somebody else to replace yeah. him. Stevie Clark trusts him big time, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he? He, he does. And I think he, he's a certain starter next Monday. I, tell you, I love the boys' modesty. Yeah, uh, there's 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 no ego about no. him at all. You know he he's um, he gets on with the job. He'll play wherever he's asked. And I, I loved the bit in the interview there where he, he talked about Belgrade, and you, you could almost hear the excitement recollecting that night in Belgrade. Said it was a highlight of his entire career. And yeah, one of one of the guys that that got us here. And you, you certainly couldn't quibble if he, if he starts on Monday. No harm to your old club Motherwell, but it's kind of strange that, that he's still there in a way mm-hmm. uh, because of the quality that he produces at international level, Crags. Um, you would think that other clubs, maybe clubs with slightly bigger budgets, might have come in and mm-hmm. taken him away. But, you know, great for yeah. Motherwell to have him. Oh, no, listen, it's great for Motherwell to have him, no doubt about it, because last year when, when Stephen initially brought him in, he gave him a short-term deal just to get him playing. So it was going to benefit Motherwell because I, I, I think they believed that he would come in, play some games, and he would go somewhere else. But for some strange reason, it didn't materialise. So I think he signed at the end of the season. Uh, you know, Motherwell then in the driving seat because he's had a decent season. He's played well for Scotland, and they put an offer in front of him, and and he accepted it. So it's uh, you know, it, it, it's a, a deal that's worked for both parties. But I think just touching on Davy's point about Stephen O'Donnell being modest, I think that sums up the full group of players, Davy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a real togetherness, a real spirit amongst them. When you consider, you know, as a player from Arsenal, player from Liverpool, player from Manchester United, yeah. player from Chelsea. You know, and and young Billy Gilmore, and they're able to come in and, and just mix together. I think you know they they enjoy meeting up. I think you can tell by the team spirit, by how they play, how they you know work for each other. Uh, and I think that kind of modesty allows your team to progress and move forward. And that's why I'm you know I won't be surprised if they get out of the group. 
Here's uh, Stevie Clark talking about the, the mood in the camp. We're in a good place. Two defeats in 16 games. Freshness in the squad with the young boys. They've come in. They've all done well. They've, they've taken part in the group. They've, they've taken part well in the training. They've, they've made contributions. They've got their own. They've got their caps now. Welcome into the group. It's a little bit of pressure on the more senior ones that, that are there. And things are looking good. And you see the togetherness when there is an incident on the pitch. We're all there. We're all together on and off the pitch. We aim to continue that. Nathan Patterson uh, came off the bench for his debut in Luxembourg, Davey. And, and there's no doubt he's putting pressure on Stephen yeah. O'Donnell for that position. Stephen O'Donnell will know that himself. In the fullness of time, I, I, obviously, I think that Steve, Nathan Patterson will inherit that position. It's just a matter, I think, of how long Stephen can hold on to it. Um, but again, I, I, I think Steve, Steve Clark, given his nature, I think he will go with the, the tried and tested Um Stephen O'Donnell will, will start on Monday night. I think Callum McGregor will, will start as well. Um, and, you know, given the, the given the effort the, the guys put in in the first place to, to get us there, and Declan Gallagher's another one. Mm. And I'm not just saying this because he's coming on, but but for Declan Gallagher's performance against Alexander Mitrovic in Belgrade, we might not even be the finals. So yeah. the, 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 the guys who did so much to, to get us here, I mean, you can't possibly complain if they, if they start on Monday night. There's obviously been a lot of talk uh, since that Luxembourg game uh, about Billy Gilmore, the Chelsea midfielder who, who took a fatal dunt as well, which ended his little cameo appearance, but he was certainly an eye-catcher. And the good news is he's fine. We took him off as a precaution. Uh, the doctors will assess him over the next couple of days, but spoke to Billy, he's a tough boy, he's for addressing, so he's fine. So that, that's good, challenge happened. I didn't really get a good view of the challenge, I haven't seen it back yet. It's one of these things that happens in football. The reaction of the players was good around it, a bit of protection. Sean, we're together. Let's not make that the big story. The big story is that we're, we're now fully prepared for the first tournament in 23 years, so let's look forward to it. It's the way he tells them, isn't it, Stevie Clark? He's from <laughs> he's from our Drossen, um, so he Shocking didn't. Challenge, he, wasn't, wasn't it? Shocking. It was the red card all day long. long. I mean, I, I cannot believe he got away yeah. with a yellow for that. Yeah. And it was actually it was Olivier Teal who who'd just come off the bench. He hadn't, he, hadn't, he hadn't actually touched the ball. He'd only been on for five seconds. Uh, he was keen to get involved, and he? he suddenly launched into that yeah. one. And, and you and you did fear for him yeah. at the time that he might have had a broken nose or cheekbone yeah, or, or whatever. Um, and it seems like he's okay. Mm. And that's great because he bounced off the bench, Billy Gill, but he's got this bouncing uh, style about him, hasn't he? Uh, and he just he lit up the game when he came on, Craggs. Well, I think the three young players who some people thought were going along to make up the numbers, you know, ha have justified their inclusion by the performances over the two games. I thought David against Holland was very good. You know, that's a real big step up in level for him. Billy Gilmore is just a smashing footballer. He just attracts the ball all the time. He wants to take part in the game. He wants to dominate it. He wants to take the game over. And Nathan Patterson's got endless energy. He really has got, you know, lots and lots of energy up and down that right-hand side. You know, the big challenge for him is to try and get more club game time, you know, ahead of James Tavernier. Then mm. they really push into the Scotland side. But listen, any three of those players, I think you could put on the pitch in any of the three qualifying games and they would stand out you know they wouldn't look out of place they could deal with it you know I think they've, they've got the potential to do it and they've got the mentality to go and play it so um, yeah it's, I think it's great to see the three young players going Billy Gilmore is certainly the future Davey uh, but he might well be the present I mean we, we, you know whether he starts or not is probably doubtful against the Czech Republic I would think bearing, thinking about getting inside Stevie, Stevie Clark's yeah. head but he's sure going to play a part in the tournament isn't he? Yeah absolutely I mean I, I don't think anyone would would be A, surprised or B, complain if Billy Gilmer gets no. an order ahead of Callum McGregor. Um, because, you know, I think Callum McGregor himself would admit that 
this season he has not been the, the presence that he was previously. I think Callum's played too much football over the last two or three years. I think I think he needs a rest. Yeah. But I, I, I do think given the experience that Callum has, both at international level and at Champions League level, we'll, we'll see him get the nod to, to start on Monday night ahead of Billy Gilmer. We're talking football between now and seven. Feel free to join us. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. We're counting down to the Euros. Three days to go till they get underway. That's Friday night. And then Monday for Scotland and the Czech Republic, our first game. Come and get the win we so badly want. Get off to the ideal start and maybe that would be enough. Uh with three points on the board to get us through to the knockout stages of the tournament. That would be making history. Uh, that would be pretty good, uh, to be perfectly honest. Rob McLean here on the Go Radio Football Show for a Tuesday with Davey Proven and uh, Stephen Cragen. We've already heard from uh, Stephen O'Donnell and we're going to hear after the news at six from Declan Gallagher. And I'm pleased to say we've got Regan with us as well. Hi, Regan. Oh. Well, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good, yeah. You getting excited? Oh, bro, I'm so excited, yeah. Great stuff. What would you like to say? I just wanted to say, hey, guys, do you think we should play two up top? Because this game's so important. I mean, this is a game we should probably try and get all three points. And I think Dykes and Adams would be a good partnership to play up top. Yeah, well, it's a good question. And before uh, Davey and uh, the Krugs give their response, here's Lyndon Dykes talking about two strikers. I mean, I'll play whatever the manager wants me to play. Me and Shay playing together, we've, we've done really well together uh, in our club football as well. We play as a kind of two as well. Uh, me with Charlie Austin and him with Danny Ings and we kind of do well off that. But it changes each game what other teams do, what the manager wants. So we've got a great attacking threat now and we can always change it, which is very, very good. And I'm sure it's very pleasing for the manager. He can change things up as he wants to go, but... I think I've had 11 caps now, including a friendly, and I've had a five or six goal, you know, uh, contribution. So I think in the long run, we'll have to wait and see what the manager wants. Former Scotland winger Davy Proven, do you think it will be two up front for Scotland against the Czech Republic? Yeah, I think Reagan's spot on. Uh, I, I think Steve Clark has to go with with two up. The first game is absolutely huge. Um, we win that game, you know, we're off to a flyer. It's, it's looking really good for us, and I think you only have to look at the goal the other night uh, against Luxembourg to see how. That you know, Dykes and, and Adams were on the same page. I thought they linked well throughout the the, the the game. That partnership will only get better. And you know, I, this is a Czech Republic side that lost four goals to Italy yeah. last Friday night. I think we have to really get after them. Yeah, I have to say my research is at an early stage for the commentary uh, next Monday, but I was having a little look at the, the Czech side and the squad and strengths and weaknesses, Craigs, and, and one of their weaknesses appears to be in central defence. Mm. Uh, they have a player from Bristol City uh, who's probably going to be starting for them in central defence against Scotland. So is that an area Scotland will look to exploit? Well, I think you have to. You know, you have to try and capitalise on any weaknesses you think the opposition have. And I think it just sends out a real message if you go with two aggressive strikers up top. You know, both of them are dynamic. They can run in behind. They can hold the play up. You can put crosses into the box. You know, the fact that the Czech Republic are quite a strong physical team anyway just gives them an extra bit of height as well for Scotland for probably uh, for the uh, defensive set plays. So it was one of those partnerships where you thought it's either going to, I know it's silly, but it's either going to click or it's not. And I think it has clicked and the two players have made it work. When you look at the likes of you know Ryan Christie, he might not start on Monday. 
you know, he scored the goal out in yeah. Belgrade, didn't he? Yeah. You know, James Forrest is a game changer. He might not these, get a chance. These to play. were stick-ons to Absolutely. start. Absolutely, Fraser's another yeah. one. You know, yeah. he's been playing as a second striker. So I think these two guys have made it work. That's the most important thing. And again, it's just another selection headache that Steve Clark wants. He wants to have players all over the pitch who are in form and ready to play. But I just think sticking two strikers up, I think it occupies a back four. Yeah, it keeps people tucked in, keeps some yep. you know fullbacks. You know, can't be lazy. If they leave gaps, they can exploit it. So I think there's more positives of playing with the front two than there's not. And the downside of Luxembourg, Davy, was 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 the scoreline, which should have been a lot bigger. Yeah. Uh, but but you couldn't complain about quality crosses and chances being created. Yeah, particularly from the left hand side. Um, you know, the, the the type of crosses that Robertson and Tierney put in are, are a striker's dream. And you know, Scotland should have won by four and five. And and hopefully the, the two strikers will be much more clinical uh, come Monday night. But I do hope they start. Um, I think they will start. I think it'll be John McGinn off. John McGinn has the legs, I think, to drop in to make up a five when when Scotland don't have the the, the ball. Um, and and yeah, I, I I just think Steve Clark will will trust this group enough now to go with two up. There's always a balance to be drawn, isn't there? When you're looking at an opposition, you need to respect them and know what they're good at. But you can't go and fear. You can't you can't go out there feeding them. Um, a lot of teams will be feeding what Scotland do down the left mm. side now in terms of that combination, which has really evolved, hasn't it, between Robertson and Tierney? It has. And I think the fact of being in Hamden in front of, what, twelve or 13,000 fans, Rob, also gives Scotland that little added advantage. You know, in Czech Republic and Croatia come, yes, they're good sides, no doubt about it. But I think that's when I was talking earlier about Scotland evolving. You know, they've, they've kind of taken the shackles off a little bit. That fear factor of playing opposition and just being hard to beat and just being stubborn is gone now. Because I think the players have taken their performances to another level and they've allowed them to win the games thinking we can win this. And I, I mean, Steve said it there after that, after the Dutch game, you know, the way his team went about, he enjoyed watching his team playing, fearless, going thinking, you know, we deserve to be on this pitch. So yeah, listen, Tierney, uh, it's been sensational, hasn't it? Andy Robertson's just full of energy, you know, his running cross. Um, He's coming back to form, isn't he? Yeah, because he is. he's had a difficult season. Liverpool have had a difficult season, but you can see him almost refreshed at the moment. I think he's thriving being the captain. I think he really is. He enjoys that responsibility, enjoys that freedom, enjoys the attention it brings with it because it means you have to step up. You've got to stand out and I think he's done that. So, listen, him and Tierney on that left-hand side, absolutely, I think, the, the dynamic duo. Regan, would you have Billy Gilmore in your starting lineup for Monday? He definitely starts, Rob, because he, he played from just about 20 minutes. I thought he was so impressive, Rob. I thought he was so impressive. And Callum McGregor, he's got one of the stats where he's one of the most played players in European football, Rob. Yeah. So I think it's time the boy can club more. He plays and McGregor can stay on the bench. Yeah, we were speaking about that earlier, Davy, and, and it was a bit of a surprise to see him in the starting team against Luxembourg, having started against the Dutch yeah, as well. And, one. and actually, by his standards against the Netherlands, he was caught in the ball a few yeah. times, and that was a bit concerning. Yeah, I, I, I think he does need a rest, but. Uh, again, you know, I, I I do understand the impact that Billy Gilmer made, but you have to remember it was Luxembourg mm. and ten and, men, and 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 ten men, yeah, where the pitches pitch is a bit more open because they're a man short. And I go back to to the experience that Callum has at international level and at Champions League level, and that's why I think Steve Clark is an absolute stick on to start with Callum McGregor. But see, when you start a bit rest, you know, Postecoglou is getting the Celtic job. He will want his best players available again. So he will not be resting Callum McGregor. He'll be needing him straight back into his team. So yeah. you think to yourself, where does he then get the rest? Yeah. You know, naturally, you know, he doesn't want to rest on Monday. He wants to play in the Euros. That's what he's worked, you know, his full career for is to, you know, get a chance to represent your 
at your nation at a major tournament. So, but ultimately, Steve Clark will have a big call. I don't think Callum McGregor will start all three games. You know, Monday, if he's slightly off it, that's the strongest part of Scotland's squad. The midfield, he's got plenty mm. of options in there just to keep him fresh. You know, you want your, you know, your most. Uh, effective players fit and play him well and if he's not then I think there's certainly plenty of options What I loved about Billy Gilmore was just how positive he was Davey there, yeah. there were a couple of great driving runs where yeah. he could have picked a square pass but he, and, and it was against Luxembourg and it was against 10 men at the time and you have to build that into the equation um, but th- there was one where he did a little dink over the mm. defender to get himself yeah. a shooting angle uh, brilliant he, he certainly looks the part and I mean he, he plays in a such a difficult position because the, the most difficult thing I think you can do in a football pitch is take the ball deep in the pitch because that's where you can't afford to lose it and there are only so many players who can do it. Um, Barry Ferguson was, was another one. I was mm. talking about that the other night but it, it takes a brave player to accept the ball you know, from, from one of your centre-backs deep in the pitch and Gilmer at such a young age looks as if he is completely at home in, in that role and it's normally a position that you would expect a more mature player to occupy uh, and for someone so young to be able to go and play that position and play it and look look so accomplished in it is it, unusual in itself. It's interesting, isn't it? The three who were added onto the squad and we're talking about Billy Gilmore, we've spoken about Nathan Patterson, uh, David Turnbull was was the other one. Um, is he going to be an off the bench for, for Stevie Clark, yeah. do you reckon, Craggs? I would think so, Rob. Listen, I've spoken about him before saying that David can do things that others can't. And the one thing he loves to do is shoot from distance. You know, if you're playing against a packed defence so it's compact and you're trying to chase the game down, David can come up with something different. You know, he can have a shot from 30 yards, he can play that pass, he's got good set play delivery. Uh, and I think he showed against the Netherlands, it doesn't phase him playing international football either. So, you know, Steve initially may have thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll bring them in to make up numbers and, you know, take a squad from 23 to 26 and try and integrate them into the squad. But sometimes when players come in, you think, Do you know what, actually, he's better than what I thought yeah. or he can give us more than what I thought. And I think all of those three players will have done that to Steve Clark over the past couple of weeks. So I don't think he would have any fears at all of putting them in if he has to. But you know, certainly those three young players will be the backbone of you know the Scottish national team for the next 10, 12 years, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean that, that's a really good point because uh, you know that yes, they could have just been here's some experience of Big what ways, being in a yeah. Scotland squad yeah. is like for the future. But they're all actually banging on Stevie Clark's door, saying, "Let me in that team." Yeah, yeah. there's a confidence about them which is, is very unusual I mean I, I remember going into my first international squad and being a little bit of the inferiority complex at that time I was walking into a, you know a dressing room with Joe Jordan Kenny Dalgleish Alan Hansen Graham Souness um, and you're a little bit timid if, if I'm being honest yeah. the, the, the three boys you're talking about you know look as if they feel they belong there yeah Regan, thanks for your call. Good to have you on the show as ever. Looking forward, of course, to Monday. And uh, Davey mentioned Kenny Dalgleish there, and he will be with us on Friday on the show. Jackie McNamara will be one of our guests on Thursday. Lauren Shankland is with us Thursday as well. Paul McStay uh, will be with us live tomorrow night. And with us live after the news at six, Declan. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Gallagher.
It's Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, and we're building up to the Euros just three days away and the European Championship finals get underway and then six days away from Scotland against the Czech Republic. And we're in pretty good shape, you would imagine, off that training camp and those two warm-up matches, the two-all draw with the Netherlands, which could well have been a 2-1 win had it not been for that ridiculous free-kick award. And that late equaliser from Memphis Depay. 1-0 in Luxembourg on Sunday. Could have been a much healthier winning margin had the chances uh, been taken. But Scotland uh, feel as, feeling as if they're in uh, pretty good shape at the moment. You do feel for John Fleck, though, at the moment. He's still cooped up yeah. in a hotel room in Spain. I'm not quite sure when he's going to emerge from there. But his plans have been thrown into uh, turmoil. Uh, thankfully, it was confined to that one player but uh, no John Fleck at the moment everybody else getting a little break before uh, reconvening tomorrow night at the hotel base in Darlington and that group of players includes Declan Gallagher Hi Declan Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good thanks, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all How's your new car? We, we, saw, we saw you showing it off on Twitter How's the new car? <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's not too bad to be fair I've not actually had a shot of it yet my wife's been taking it everywhere so oh really so you've got to apply in writing to Nikki to to get a shot of the car yeah basically she basically keeps on using the excuse I'll uh, oh, just you stay safe from Covid stay in the house away from everybody I'll just stay everything in your car so, that's a great uh, line that's a really good line yeah she's she's done well with that um, and uh, you've, you've enjoyed a couple of days uh, of uh, Back to reality, I suppose. Uh, before linking up again tomorrow, how, how was the how was the training camp? How were the how were the two games? What sort of shape do you reckon everyone's in? Uh, yeah, the training camp was really good. I think uh, getting that bond back, seeing all the boys, and that was great. Obviously, getting some some time away, and uh, well, I'd like to say sun, but it was quite a few cloudy days over there. So uh, no, I think just uh, getting back with the boys. Um, the training was, was really intense, obviously, with this tournament coming up and a few boys obviously not trained for maybe about maximum about three weeks. So uh, the training was intense. So it was it was good. And I think now getting the, the two friendlies as well, it's it's helped us massively pick up some minutes game time-wise. So uh, the boys are willing to go. Living in Dundee, you'll be used to a few clouds overhead, though, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You don't <laughs> see too much sun up here, that's for sure. Are you sweating uh, about the team selection for for Monday? Because, um, it, I mean, when you just go through it, and you've probably gone through this exercise yourself um, in terms of um, who all could start, it's it's become a massive squad and a, and a massive headache, I guess, for Stevie Clark in terms of who he starts with. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's a really good squad. I think uh, when you look back to the Netherlands game. It was basically seven players got left home, uh, basically in the Spain camp. And then obviously we got joined up over in Portugal by Champions League winner and a Europa League finalist. So it just shows you how how good the, the squad's actually been. And I think when you when you look at all the positions and everybody fighting for their place, uh, obviously it'll be a headache for the manager, but I'm sure it's one that he's, he's glad he's got. And uh, it's just down to all the boys to just obviously keep showing up the training and the games and obviously taking that chance if they get it. 
We were just talking, Davey, weren't we, about that? The back three that started in Luxembourg. It was Declan with uh, Grant Hanley on one side and Kieran mm. Tierney on the other. Um, but the likes of uh, Liam Cooper uh, and Jack Hendry have made a pretty strong play as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got the feeling that um, I've got the feeling that Steve Clark might bring in Jack Hendry, and I think that will leave a choice at centre back or the central of the three. Mm between Declan and Grant Hanley. I think you could toss a coin for that one. It's competition, Crags, that, that uh, we only dreamed of uh, not so very long ago. We were talking about the striking positions and, and obviously those those def- defensive roles as well. It's huge, Rob. You know, and when you want to play with a back three, I think that you know whatever back three picks have to complement each other. You know, David touched on it earlier about, about Big Decky's performance in Serbia, which was phenomenal, you know. So Steve Clark likes experience. He likes trying... Uh, trusted so uh, you know I think for Decky's sake he's probably hoping he goes with the tried and trusted from the game over there but Decky just from the outside looking in that I just think there seems to be a real spirit and togetherness within the squad of players which is crucial coming into a big tournament is that how it is? Uh, yeah that's, that's exactly how it is I think uh, Steve Clark's mentioned that a few times as well that he was wanting to build something he was wanting to build like a a team environment, not just like a country where you meet up every now and again. I think he wanted that team environment, and I think that's why you can see where a, a lot of his squad selections that most of the players and the a core group of the players stay the same. And uh, I think that's helped us massively. I think obviously since like, the defeat over in Russia, uh, which we always kind of bring up that we've been on a, a right good run of form, and uh, obviously that just comes down to how close a group we are, not just on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well How much have you been looking so far uh, Declan at, at the particular issues of playing against the Czech Republic the players they have the way they play the problems Scotland could potentially come up against how, how much detail has been gone into so far um, To be honest Steve Hart's always one for taking a game at a time and uh, concentrating on things as they come so obviously in the, in the training camp he tried to keep it obviously as light as he could he wanted it to start off in a a positive note uh, he wanted to go into the two friendly games and obviously win them because he wanted to keep the momentum going uh, into the tournament so we're all focused on obviously doing that job first uh, I think on Wednesday we'll be going right into detail uh, more about the, the Czech Republic and, and other group games but um, at camp I think it was really just trying to get all the boys' legs back together. As I said, a few boys hadn't trained or played for at least about three weeks and stuff. So I think it was all about just uh, getting everybody back together, getting everybody fit and make sure that we didn't pick up uh, any silly injuries or anything like that while we were obviously playing in these games and training. Declan, when you look at uh, John Fleck's situation, I guess all of you guys must be terrified of, of a positive COVID test. What, what kind of... Um, precautions are you guys taking are you been tested every day have you been told to avoid contact I, I, I was saying to the boys we we came across Shea Adams at Heathrow Airport the other morning um, what what precautions have, are you having to take at the moment well basically when we were over there we, we were keeping to social distancing rules anyway which was obviously helped us massively we obviously Flecky getting the, the positive test but uh, obviously none of the other boys picked it up so that was obviously a bonus and it just shows you that we're all doing things right over there. Um, I think the protocols basically 
no one's allowed to travel to Middlesbrough together. We all have to make our own way so that if when we get tested in the first day back there, if, if anybody's unfortunate enough to have picked up COVID, then there, there's no risk of any other mm-hmm. players having it. So we have to make our own way down there. Obviously, we have to wear masks anywhere we go about the, the hotels or anything like that. And obviously, keeping social distancing through meals and uh, basically all activities maybe that you would normally do maybe like hanging about together after training like coffee schools and that's kind of been put a wee bit in the back burner because obviously they're kind of wanting you to stay as much away from obviously each other until like certain test results and stuff like that come back Are you allowed to kiss your missus? <laughs> um, uh, I hope so I broke a few rules that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I like to kiss the missus, but you're not allowed to drive the new car. <laughs> yeah, I like to kiss the missus, but if I anywhere near my own car, then that's a bit devastating. That it, it, you've had an amazing time of late, haven't you? Because you've got a wee baby, Ashton, just maybe three months old. Declan, is that right? Yeah, yeah, just three months old. So, yeah, um, yeah it's been it's been a great time for me so far. Obviously. Uh, Having him born, and then obviously my wee girl as well. It's just she's, she's called Shay, yeah, amazing. yeah, Shay. Not as in Shay Adams. No, not as in Shay Adams. No, thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> my wee girl's a little better looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, you've had the move to, to Aberdeen, and among all this as well, which is maybe hasn't gone through yet formally, but that that's all coming your way as well. Yeah, it's something that I'm also looking forward to, but um, I've not really thought too much about. It. I'm just thinking about these. Uh, these Euros coming up, I think the last uh, month or so has has all been about the Euros and just try to keep myself fit and uh, just push as hard as I can to obviously get a starting spot in that team. Yeah, I'm, and I asked you earlier on um, about this. It must be a real sweat for you because having been such a big part of what Stevie Clark has done, but I, but I guess since you broke into the Scotland team, the competition for those defensive positions has become a lot hotter, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's some quality players back there. And end of the day, if you if you look at all the players that are there, you've got three guys that are playing in the, the English Premier League, and then you've got uh, Scotty that's playing the English Championship. You've got Jack that's playing over in Belgium. So it just shows you that the, the competition is really high, and it's it's something that I've I've never shied away from. I like the competition, and it's only going to help Scotland in the long run, and and that's what it's all about is uh, the nation as a whole. And Stevie Clark's got great belief in you, obviously. I mean, does he does he talk to individual players a lot? Um, no, he likes to do everything um, as a group. Uh, first and foremost, he just likes the, the togetherness. Uh, I think, obviously, as Craig said, you can kind of see that. You can see the togetherness with, with all the boys. But um, if he has to have private words with certain boys, then he will, as I say, he, if you're maybe not in the squad or stuff like that, he normally speaks to the boys that, that aren't in it and kind of concentrates a little bit on them because he obviously knows how hard that, how hard a thing it is to take if you're not in there. Uh, also, it's the same if you're maybe not on the bench or something like that. He tends to spend a little time with boys like that. But um, when it comes down to games and training and stuff like that, it's, it's more he likes to keep a togetherness and does it all with the, the team there. 
we've been using the word evolution quite a lot on the show, speaking about Scotland, just the way the way things have developed. Because in the early days of Stevie Clark, at times it was it wasn't a joy to watch some of the performances. It, it was a question of just building things, getting foundations in place, and that's the way he works, obviously. But then you when you see uh, the way Scotland played uh, against the Netherlands last last Wednesday, I mean that's that's quality football, isn't it? Against a, a real quality team. Yeah, exactly, and that's the way that he, he wants his team to be. He wants us to go and play against the likes of the Netherlands and uh, go and prove that we're, we're good enough to be there. And it's something that he regularly says. He, he says all the time that we are good players. We need to start believing that. And as a nation, I think we're quite quick to, to bring ourselves down. But I think we have to now start believing with the, the run of form that we've been on that we are a good team and, and we can cause some major upsets in this tournament coming up. Dickie, we've been speaking tonight on the show about the three young players that went along. Um, of course, you'll know a lot about David Turnbull, but Billy Gilmer and, and Nathan Patterson, have they added something to the squad also? Uh, definitely. I think uh, since the three of them come in, they've added that wee bit of, wee bit of freshness, that wee bit of uh, youthfulness that you, you like to see, the, the no fear kind of attitude that young boys have got these days. And it's it's good to see that. I think when you've seen it the, the other day there in the Netherlands game, we with David Turnbull, he was unbelievable. And then Billy and uh, Nathan, when they come on, uh, they are there against Luxembourg. I just think you can see the, the quality that they added and just that, that fearlessness. You can just see them coming in on their debuts and they're, they're just taking it in their stride and they're, they're showing their, their form for their club, for their country now. And it's, it's amazing to see. That was some clatter that Billy Gilmore got in uh, Luxembourg, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a disgusting tackle, to be yeah. fair. Uh, I was actually just devastated that I had brought off at that time. I like to be scuffed in the middle of the park, so, I did, so I was a bit devastated I wasn't there. But uh, no, it was again, it just shows you that the squad they're all backing each other up. You've seen Scott uh, McTominay, Grant Hanley, all the boys in the middle as soon as it happened. And uh, it's just good to see that the boys are all rallying around each other and, uh, up for the fight. Yeah, I think that was a great demonstration, wasn't it, of uh, of the togetherness and the in the squad and it and it uh, and it obviously more and more with each get together it's probably felt like being part of a club rather than playing for your country Declan yeah that's exactly how it feels and that's exactly the way that Steve Clark wanted it to, to be and that's obviously why he likes to keep that as I said that, that core group of players together and uh, it's working for us and hopefully it keeps working for us and hopefully we pull off something that's obviously not been done a long time for Scotland and we make it through this group stage. What's he got, Stevie Clark, about him? Does he just have everything to be a top manager? Because obviously he's got that the tactical know-how, uh, the way he's pieced this Scotland team together, you you can see that. But but oh, his man management as well, he just seems to to know how to deal with people um, and he doesn't let he doesn't let any of the media noise roundabout get to him either. He's always known here where he was going, um, and he's getting there. Yeah, just think he knows how we get the best out of people. To be honest, I think uh, he's his own man, and that's what you actually you have to be when you're obviously the manager of a, a nation. And he's not scared to to do things. Obviously, a lot of people were sitting saying, "Oh, the three five two is no good," and or ugly team and stuff like that, but then he starts picking up results, and at the end of the day, that's what that's what football's all about. At the end of the day, it's all about getting results, and that's what he's done. And now he started changing 
for maybe not so pretty for the ball and now we're starting to come out and as you said there we're playing against the right side in the Netherlands and we should have won the game if it wasn't for that obviously that soft free kick so uh, yeah. I think it just shows you that the quality he's brought he's brought a foundation and uh, it's amazing he's somebody that I've been very lucky to obviously work under and it's been amazing uh, seeing all the different tactical ways that he comes out with and it's just been it's been great to be part of these squads and as I said, he, he's had a lot of faith in me and I can only thank him for that and uh, hopefully he uh, keeps up that faith in me and gives me a starting spot for the first game. <laughs> <laughs> does he give you the team the night before, Declan, or does he keep under wraps until the, the day itself? Um, I think it all depends when, when he's made his mind up fully. I think uh, he can have some restless nights as well with, with squad selections because yeah. sometimes I've been there with he picks a team the night before and he likes to get boys ready so that the boys that are on the bench can never get their head around it because you know it's like yourself you just you don't like being on the bench do you so you need that time to get your head ready but sometimes it takes them that wee bit longer and you'll maybe hear just before you have your lunch and then you've got the the afternoon to, to get your head around it whether you're starting or maybe on the bench or not in the squad and stuff like that so everybody's still got that togetherness so he's uh yeah, I've seen him do it both ways and, and both ways seem to work. With Stephen O'Donnell on the show a little bit earlier on, he was talking about the excitement he's feeling and it just builds uh, day by day. How are you feeling six days away from Scotland against the Czech Republic, Declan? Are you, are you almost like a wee boy in terms of excitement inside? Yeah, it's like that. It's like getting the butterflies every time you kind of speak about it. You watch a few videos on Twitter of like, the, the Serbia game and stuff and then you watch the build up and then you watch just everybody's reactions the tweets and the pictures of six days to go five days to go and just things like that and you, just, you can't actually believe that the, the first game's on Monday and it's like it's basically like Christmas Eve as a wee boy and you're waiting on that Christmas morning it's <laughs> it's, it's that kind of butterflies that you've got and uh, no, every time I speak about it it just feels like that And do you think you'll get the keys of the new car tomorrow to drive down or not? <laughs> She's not got a choice because um, I'm going to wake up really early and find whether she's hit the keys and then just get as quick as I can. But uh, no, I think I think she'll give me the keys and she'll, she'll drive the car down to Middlesbrough tomorrow. Declan, let's hope you, you get the, the decision. No, 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 not, well, on the car, firstly, but also from Stevie Clark as well. It'd be great yeah, to think, you, great to think you start that game. And, and I just hope you have a, have a great championships uh, as well. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Lovely to talk to you. No, thanks very much for having me and thanks very much for your kind words. I appreciate that, guys. Thank All the best, big man. Have a good one. That's Declan Gallagher looking forward to linking up again with uh, that Scotland squad. So much togetherness, uh, so much of a feel-good factor as well. Scotland against the Czech Republic, six days away. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. That was me with the microphone dancing. Thanks, Chris. Uh, just for the hard of hearing, because you probably wouldn't have caught that there. Thanks for the travel. Chris, back in 20 minutes for the final time on the show. Before the break, uh, we heard from Declan Gallagher. Well, if we'd excited uh, about Scotland against the Czech Republic um, next Monday, Davey, can you imagine what's happening inside Declan Gallagher at yeah. the moment? As he said himself, he's like a wee boy on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the crucial moment for the players is when he names the team. Mm. Yeah, and that is, it's a horrible, it's a horrible moment, yeah. isn't it? It's an apprehensive moment. Stephen's obviously been there as well, but yeah. you know, if you don't make the starting eleven, it is sickening. Do you do you remember that from your own career? Well. <laughs> Believe it or not, 
I went to the World Cup um, in Spain and Jockstein told me he was taking me for one game, the opening game against New Zealand, where he said he was going to play with two white players, me and John Robertson. He said, just make sure you're ready for that game. You won't play another game in a tournament, but make sure you're ready for that game. We arrive in La Rosalida Stadium in Malaga for the game. He reads out the team and I'm not even on the bench. Oh. Now, that was a real sore one. Wow. That was, that was yeah. a sore one. Yeah. And you yeah. never know, you know, the moment the manager reads the team out, it's deathly si silence in the dressing room. Craigs? I think though sometimes, you know, if they're doing a little bit of shape in, in the days leading up to the game, you kind of get a sense, you know, but no doubt the likes of Declan and, and Grant Hanley, the ones who you're not too sure if they're going to start, they'll be watching his every move, you know, when he's doing a tactical session, oh, I'm not in the team, I'm in the team, I'm not in the team, they'll be wrestling with themselves. Right. And sometimes you've got to be wary because that can you can suddenly switch off and go into something but else. You'd, you'd prefer to know, wouldn't you, the night uh, before? Yeah. Oh, listen, and I know Capello, Capello would never name his England team until just before the game. And yet, I, I, I think you need to sleep on it. Yeah. You know, even if you're not in the team, I think you've got to get it into your head the night before the game. Because and if you're going to be in the bench, you're going to have to deal with the disappointment because you might yeah, have to feature later yeah, on. Yeah, right? I think you need time to deal with that disappointment. Yeah. You don't want to get that disappointment just, you know, an hour before kickoff. Do you know the hardest thing in international football, Rob, I always felt with the majority of players that turn up are first choice at their club and they're playing for their club. So they're not used to being left out. They're not used to being mm. on the bench, some of them. Yeah. So suddenly it's a little, you know, I think the dynamic and the narrative changes a little bit where you suddenly you have to deal with something slightly differently but I think the players will understand the manager's got a tough job and anyone who starts in the 11 are good enough to start yes you'll be disappointed but you've got to put that aside you've got to think of the team first and foremost it's got to be with the country it's got to be winning games be part of it don't be moping about and going in the huff you know I think it's it's too big a tournament and you work too hard to get that and your time could come first game somebody could be injured you could be yeah. on or you start the second game so I always think you've got to be ready to come on I think that's the Stevie Clark message as well isn't it and uh, things like uh, Covid can crop up and suddenly everything changes and you need everybody you've got in the squad Stephen Cragen Davy Proven Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and Scotland fan John is with us as well hi John Evening, guys. He's so excited. Oh, how how are you? What uh, have you got? New excitement levels to get to between now and Monday? Honestly, it's, it's unbelievable. I've not had this feeling since obviously uh, twenty three years ago. You know, there's been lot lots happening in the build up. It's been good watching some of the previous shows, listening to um, you know other people's podcasts and reading material. It's, um, it's just helping build the excitement even more. Now. I really can't wait. I've also been contributing myself, um, and thanks yourself for um, your interview in the Tatman magazine as well. That's been well received by some people. Ah, uh, not at all. No, I mean, David, Davy, and I were speaking right at the top of the show about from from our sort of broadcast point of view. It's quite emotional, really, when it when it's been so long and and we've all suffered so long um, that it, that it's just great to think that Scotland are in really good shape going into this match on Monday. John. Oh yes, I thought you were asking the boys. Uh, yes, I'm not sure who I was asking. I, I think I, I think I was speaking to myself, to be perfectly honest. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, but it, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to get quite emotional about it. But but Stevie Clark is the very man to yeah. uh, peer things down to a to a to a, to a professional level, and there's a job to be done here. Exactly, no, he, um, and he's very good at um, keeping calm under pressure. I mean, you don't see any emotion from him um, where he doesn't get excited doesn't get um, angry he just keeps keeps himself calm and you need that as a manager and you know a lot of people will be debating what the team should be but I think Steve Clark knows his team um, 
he might um, think about one or two between now and Monday um, to see how things go on training. But I think he'll know at least nine or ten of the players for next, next yeah. Monday. Who would you have, John? Who would who, who would be in your team? <laughs> well, I would personally be starting Billy Gilmore ahead of um, Cal McGregor just now because I don't think McGregor's form has been particularly great and I think Gilmore looked very good when he came on. And as much as I like Stephen O'Donnell, who's improved in the national jersey, Nathan Patterson's a better player for me, but I think um, Clark would start those two. Um, the main question is who does he start in the middle of the back three? Because I think Jack Henry's nailed on for the right centre back. Kieran Tooney's also nailed on for left centre back. It's between Hanley and Gallagher, and I think mm. he'll go with Hanley. Right. I'm, I'm glad you said that now, but and not when Declan Gallagher was on the show about 10 minutes ago, uh, because he might have been a little, a, little, a little bit devastated about that. But it, it's, it's great, John, that we have these battles, that we have these selection dilemmas, and there are plenty of them in the team, because uh, you don't have to go that far back to think where we were struggling really to get an 11. We were happy with far less. You know, We're, we're probably talking about 22 players here, uh, all seriously in the frame. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the competition's healthy. I mean, it, it's been a long time since we've um, been discussing options. I mean, this Stuart Armstrong can't, um, isn't a guaranteed starter and he's been excellent for Southampton during the season. Um, you've obviously, we've had to find formation to solve the Tierney Robertson debate and I don't think there's much of a debate anymore because the system works. Um, it's it's good to see. I mean, um, I don't want to get too confident, um, Hedden Hunder, because we've been in this movie many times where you get overconfident and then we fall flat in the face, so my feet are well and truly grounded. But, um, yeah, I can understand why a lot of people are getting overexcited about it, but we've got a decent chance of getting through. It's a strange thing to say, isn't it? I don't want to get, I don't want to feel confident, but... but I, I do, actually. I, I, I'm quite enjoying feeling like this for the first time in a long time. And I, I've got to say, I loved the Ali McLeod hysteria. Mm. I loved it. The mm. whole country was yeah. was getting swept away and I, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was great at the time <laughs> until, the, until the, the, the bubble was burst. Yeah, but I think it's good to be optimistic and confident. Um, and I, I don't think this team is going to let us down. I really don't. And I think game by game, Craig's... Um, our belief in Stevie Clark grows, doesn't it? And our our feeling that uh, we can trust whatever he decides to do, we'll go with that. Yeah, because the players are playing well. You know, you talk about momentum, you know, Stevie Clark said it, two defeats in 16, which is brilliant coming into a major tournament. That just shows how how much the team has grown together, how much the squad has grown. Uh, influential players are playing at the top of their game. The players are up for it. Um, and I think they're, it's, it's their individual performances that gives you optimism, how they play and how they go about the game. And, you know, Davey was talking earlier about the about the Dutch game. I think it was a risk or reward game. And I think it's the reward from now that the players are filled with even more belief that they can go and compete and almost beat a Dutch side. And that's exactly the boost they would have needed, of course. If it goes the other way, it's a heavy defeat, then there's, then there's the fear side of it. But I think they will have taken great confidence from that game plan against the Dutch and, you know, how dominant they were against Luxembourg, how many chances they created. So everything just seems to be coming to a perfect point for them. You know, and, and they'll just be desperate for the game to start. You know, they want to get the team named, you want to be in the team, you want to get your focus on the job, you want to get the hand in, and you want the referee to blow that first whistle. You want to get rid of all that excitement and nervous energy. You just want to get playing. Here's Lyndon Dykes talking about that great club mentality uh, that has been engendered at Scotland. Yeah, I think everyone's desperate to get going. You know, obviously we get to go home and we see our families for a couple of days, which is good because obviously it's been a hard few training sessions. Getting time to train all together, obviously you don't really get that much time in international breaks, but with this training uh, that we've had, you know, it's built us 
even stronger together and the way we want to play. So everyone's raring for the Euros to come and I'm sure that next game when it comes up, everyone's going to be buzzing. We're going to be going out trying to keep that momentum going and we're going to, we're going to be strong. It seems a long time, John, since somebody actually called off a squad, doesn't it? That, that's a popular pastime when things are going badly. Uh, players don't want to be involved. Right at the moment, everyone wants to be part of this and, and there's real competition in the squad, but there's real togetherness in the squad as well. Well, it just shows what um, a good job the Lions are doing. I want to play for them. Um, and I agree to what um, Craig was just saying about the Holland game. Um, you know, that will give the, the, the players a bit of confidence because with the changes we had to make as well, and we had players able to come in and try and ask Steve Clark um, another question. You know, I'm in the frame like Liam Cooper, for example, is one that obviously comes into contention um, for the performance here. Kevin Nisbet coming off and scoring. The competition for places is good, and the harmony looks good amongst the squad, and that's also going to be difficult with being 26, but they look together, um, and they look as though they're really enjoying it, and yeah, bring on Monday. Yeah, I think London Knights, uh, he's only got a couple of Scotland goals, but I think I heard him saying um, the other day that um, 11 caps, and I think he's been involved in seven goals, including, of course, the one uh, in Luxembourg when he set up Shea Adams. So... Uh, he's very much involved in goals. Four caps, two goals for the Southampton striker, Adams. And, and Kevin Nisbet just looks like he's got that goal touch about well, him the, as well, Davey. The, the Nisbet goal against Holland is, is huge for him. You know, yep. strikers feed off confidence. And, uh, you know, again, after that goal against Holland, Steve Clark will have no qualms at all about throwing him on. I, I, don't, I don't think he'll start, but no. he could come on and, and nick us a goal when we need one. I think yep. that's the exciting bit. That you look through the squad and you think if they're struggling or things aren't going well, he can change information. He can bring on two out-and-out wide players, potentially in Fraser and Forrest, or he can bring on Kevin Nisbet if he's needing a goal. He can, I think he can bring on David Turnbull to play as a 10 if he's looking for someone to get a strike from distance. So there's so many narratives in the squad that he can change and chop. You know, looking behind him at a substitute, that'll give him a real belief. And the players on the pitch will know that too. You know, they'll be looking around and thinking, if I'm not doing it, there's someone here who can come and take my place. So I think that just adds further to the excitement. Yeah, I think if you went for the, the midfield to front five of McTominay, McGregor, McGinn, Dykes and Adams, then uh, on top of that, you've got Gilmore, Armstrong, Christie, Fraser, Nisbet. And you, you'd happily have any Forrest, of those in, involved well. in the game. Turn James, James yeah. Forrest, yeah. exactly, yeah. So, uh, John, that, that it, we have got choices here uh, where previously uh, they were pretty thin on the ground. Yeah, and we're flexible with the formation as well because um, it's quite proud in the Israel game. I keep going back to this. If the five's not working that particular game, we can switch to 4 3 3 or 4 2 3 1, whatever you call it. And, uh, you know, we've got options. But I think Fraser and Forrest will be great for that if we had to um, try and turn the game around. So it's it's fabulous having these, these options. Um, and, you know, at least you can rely on the players just to go in and do a job. And as, um, as, you, as you were sort of saying, um, you know, likes of John McGinn, as good as he's been, he'll be looking over his shoulder to say, well, David Turnbull's playing very well. I better um, keep performing, otherwise there's someone that's capable of coming on out of my place. And Ryan Christie was a nailed on starter back in November. He's not now. It's looking more like Adams and Dykes right now. And that just shows, again, the, the competition, how key form came into him. I mean, because Dykes has been on form at the end of the season for QPR too, and it's great time. Yeah, six in his last eight. I think he scored for, for Queen's Park Rangers, uh, London Dykes, but uh, he's about more than just goals, of course. There's going to be a lot of jealousy uh, going around, uh, John, over the next few days about uh, the 12,500 who are going to find themselves inside Hamden on Monday. Yeah, there is. And I'm very fortunate that I've managed to secure myself a ticket for Monday. And I'm 
it's, well done. It's a thrill for me because I've, no, um, I've never seen Scotland remain a tourist. It's one of my dreams. So I know it's only just down the road at Hampton, but um, it's something I'm really looking forward to. And I know there's restrictions. I know there's how little things like the kiosk not being open and, and stuff like that, but you just got to enjoy it for what it is. And she's uh, back in January. It looked like no good being able to go. So just got to lap it up and hope we cheer on the Scotland win. And I think, as Stephen O'Donnell said in the first hour of the show, Davey, 12,500 are going to sound like 50,000. Yeah. It's yeah. because we've become used to the sounds of silence at football yeah. matches. Well, you know, players react to, to crowds. That's where their adrenaline comes from. Most of the time, the energy comes from the crowd. And, you know, even at 12,500, it's, it's going, to be, going to be pretty noisy, that's for sure. And it will do the, it will do the guys all the good in the world to, to run out and hear that, that welcome from a, a Scotland supporter again. I said to you, I, I recently done the Northern Ireland against Ukraine friendly in Dnipro, and there was 15,000, and it's the best game I've done all season. Just the tempo yeah. of the game was relentless, even from the Northern Ireland players who didn't have any backing, but you could see the age and the lift it gave to both sets of players. There was noise and there was a shot at goal. Just everything, it just felt natural again, Rob. It felt real. Mm. And I think the players will be looking forward to feeling that on Monday and getting that extra little bit of buzz. You know, when you're going to be feeling a bit lower, you've made a bad pass, something to pick you up. I think that crowd and that feeling just to drive you forward. So all around it's going to be super. John, how do you think it's going to start for Scotland next Monday at two o'clock? In terms of the team, no, no, in terms of the game, the performance, how's it going to go? What are you expecting? Um, there's a question. Um, I, th- I think I think Scotland will start with a, te- with a good tempo, I'd like to think, because they'll be buzzing the fact that it's at hand and it's the first game in 23 years for a major tournament and there's people in to see it. Um, and as you rightly say, 12,000 might well sound like 50,000. Look at the FA Cup final, there was less than 20,000 for that, but it sounded like it was a full 90,000 stadium. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I don't think there's going to be much separating the Czechs, Croatia, ourselves in the group. Um, but I'm not giving a prediction because I just I just think it's difficult to call. I don't want the bounces and I don't want each side of them to downbeat either. So I'll just sit on that fence. It's nice and comfy there. Well, enjoy it anyway because you're going to be one of that lucky 12,500. That's going to be great yeah. to be back inside Hamden. Yeah. Greatly privileged and greatly excited as well, I would imagine. John, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy the tournament. You too. John. Uh, John's going to be there. Scotland against the Czech Republic next Monday afternoon. Six days away. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. We've been Scotland dominated tonight, not surprisingly, six days away uh, from the big game and just three days away. Uh, three evenings away, if you like, from the start of Euro 2020, a year late, and we can't wait. We've already heard from uh, Stephen O'Donnell in the course of the show in the first hour, and live from Declan Gallagher as well. Looking forward to linking up with his pals again uh, tomorrow night, and uh, it is uh, a real club mentality within an international setup for Scotland. It's been well worked by Stevie Clark and his backroom team, and it's paying dividends, and Scotland are in good fettle uh, going into that first game. We'll talk more about Scotland before we go. Uh, We're off at seven, of course, uh, but I want to just touch again on a couple of stories. We've mentioned them already in the show, but uh, just in case you've joined us halfway through the news that Jermaine Defoe has signed a new one-year deal uh, to extend his time 
at Rangers. I think two and a half years there already. Uh, there's going to be another 12 months added on. And it's a player and coaching role for Jermaine Defoe, who may just take a, a bigger and bigger part off the pitch uh, for Rangers as time moves on, Davy. I think it's a good move, both for the player and for the club. Um, if he's going to be a striker uh, coach, you know, is there a, a striker you can think of whose movement is any better than Jermaine's the, the four, the angle and the timing of his runs? And if you can pass that on to the current Rangers team, and I'm not I'm not saying that he's going to hang up his boots um, immediately, but and he will have a, a walk-on part to play next season, I'm sure. But if he can impart some of the what he's got in his head as a striker, then Rangers will get a huge benefit from that. It tends to be cameo appearances on the pitch from him these days, but I just every time I, I, I see him play, see him coming on, or on, on the rare occasions that he actually starts, I mean, it's just his movement, his game awareness. It's, it's just like watching a striker masterclass. Well, you just think he's going to score. You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the belief that he gives you when he comes on in the games. You know, listen, there's no doubt about it. He's mastered the 18-yard box, hasn't he? You know, that's when he really comes alive. His movement's good off the ball. Uh, outside the box but in the in the box he's so instinctive you know you think about strikers like Ali McCoist was another one you know Henrik Larsson was one mm. you know it, it, it can't be luck that they're always in the right place at the right time that comes from being instinctive being on your front foot I'm not too sure you can coach that for young players but what you can do is you can improve their technique you can continually you know repetition of finishing drills and, and heading and shooting and crossing and just everything to try and get them into their game because you know what he's got as a role model on and off the pitch it's not just on the pitch for him as well Rob I think the way he handles himself off the pitch yeah you know the 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 condition that he's in physically mm. you know that's the kind of things young players I've said it before young players at Rangers should be attaching themselves to Alan McGregor Stephen Davis Jermaine Defoe asking questions you know those guys are playing deep into their 30s if you're an 18 or 19 year old you think that's where I want to be. I want to live like that. I want to train like them. I want to see how they eat, how they train, how they sleep. Ask everything and how they recover after games because if you want to be a top player, you have to learn off the right people and certainly those three players are definitely the right characters for Rangers. Rangers setting uh, great standards at the moment, putting the pieces in place towards next season. Rangers will look to be qualifying uh, for the group stages of the Champions League having done so well in the last couple of years in the Europa League. Um, and what's happening at Rangers, and we spoke about it earlier on, Davey, um, is just this massive contrast uh, to what Rangers are doing at the moment, very quietly and orderly, not making a big fuss about it. Uh, and at Celtic, there's so much, so much yeah. to do and so little time. Well, Rangers must be delighted when they look across to the other side of the city and, and see what's going on. And it, to be honest with you, Robert, it beggars belief that Celtic have exposed themselves to this situation where they don't have a manager um, and they're just about to start pre-season training. It beggars belief that there was no provision made for the possibility of Eddie Howe knocking them back. And why they allowed Eddie Howe to take so long to make that decision, I have no idea. Yeah. Should should the Celtics fans' expectations be lowered then this season, Davey, because of what's gone on the last they, 100 they, days? They should, Stephen, but you know what like, the old firm supporters are. Mm. Um, That's a nice theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, no doubt if, if Poss... Postacoglu. Postacoglu comes in, he will plead for time. Um, it, it's one commodity that you don't get in Glasgow. No, no chance. And so much to do. We spoke about it earlier on. And I mean, Rangers have, have got to, into this situation where they've got two top players for every position. Uh, it's taken him a while, Stephen Gerrard. It's taken him, probably took him two and a half years, to, to, but, it, but it happened and, and they won the title by a country mile. 
when you look at Celtic, Celtic also will want two good players for every position. At the moment, with players leaving and players they won't want anymore, they're, they're struggling to have one for every position in the eleven. Yeah, listen, there's, there's so many positions need filled. I mean, you haven't got a right back. A natural right back who you think is good enough at this moment to play for Celtic. They had to bring in John Joe Kenny alone. They've got one left back in Greg Taylor. They've got Christopher Ayer and, and Christopher Julian and young Stephen Welsh. You know, if Ayer wants to go, then suddenly you're going to need another two or three centre halves. You're going to need a, a right back, possibly two right backs, a left back. You've got three goalkeepers, but is what you know is any one of them a real outstanding number one for Celtic next season? Possibly not. You know, you've got Edward who's leaving, so you've left with one striker. If you know, Davy's talking about keeping Lee Griffiths, which. I would agree with, but I think it has to be incentive-based for him to try and keep mm. him on his toes because if he's not playing or not training well, then he doesn't get paid or doesn't get uh, uh, the money that he should. And then, you know, Scott Brown's left. You know, is Sorrow going to be good enough or do you need another holding midfield player? So, And what about leadership on the yeah, pitch as well, well? Well, do you know what? Even off it, Rob, you need mm. that character who's going to carry the club, who's going to drive people, who's going to demand standards of people. Callum McGregor, people have said, is he you know, the natural captain? I don't think he is. I think he's more quieter under the radar and goes about his business in a different way so it's not just on the pitch off the pitch you're going to have to replace people um, and there's lots and lots of work to do and I, I don't really believe Postacoglu knows what he's coming into All Celtics critics and and a lot of their fans at the moment would be among those critics um, will have to eat their words if if Postacoglu hits the, hits the ground running and turns out to be the best thing since sliced bread and Celtic are big challengers to Rangers it's it's tight at the top and, and they're in contention to win silverware again next season but that's at the moment you would have to say looking at it logically with all the evidence that we've got available to us in yeah. front of us seems highly unlikely Davy. it looks a tall order we're what are we eight days into into June yeah. uh, the Champions League qualifiers are not much more than a month away yeah. Celtic are back in training in a matter of days uh, and if there are uh, major recruits uh, being pulled off on the playing front we don't know about them I just don't see how they can do it. I don't see how they can possibly be ready for the first league game. I think it's impossible given the turnaround of players that is required uh, and getting them together on the training ground and working in a shape uh, and getting to know each other, players getting to know the manager. It, it's it's asking too much, I think. And, you know, I, I think Celtic are behind the eight ball before a ball has been kicked. Do you think Ange Postecoglou knows a, what he's sailing into here, Craigs? I don't believe he does. And I think he could end up being the fall guy for Celtic delaying and delaying after Neil Lennon left. He's going to be the guy that's on the touchline. If his team are not winning, the fans are going for him. You know, because he's the public figure. He's the one that they can get at. He's the one that they can voice their concern over. Um, but if Celtic bring him in, they have to stay strong and back him. You know, they have to allow him an extra few months, if possible. I know time isn't... A, <laughs> time certainly isn't something you get in Glasgow. No doubt about it. As a, as a football manager, certainly the big two. But they're going to have to try and give him some sort of time and some sort of investment to try and give him a team that are capable of going and competing with the Rangers because Rangers are in a position of strength and they want the strength in again by bringing in three or four players. You know, so for Celtic to bring in 9, 10, 11, you know, it's a huge ask, as Davey says, to gel that all together, to get it to click, to get the system, to get the shape and also to get the quality of player that Celtic need to go and not just compete with the Rangers but go and compete in Europe and try and progress in the Champions League, try and progress in the, in the Europa League. So there's lots and lots of questions and at this moment in time, it seems a long way off. Worrying times for Celtic. Happy days for Scotland. Looking ahead to the start of the Euros. Two defeats in the last 16 games. Uh, there is a real 
feel-good factor and you can feel that momentum building as well. I think we've changed the mentality of the team and the, and the fans and everyone who plays us. Going into the Euros, we're very confident. Like we said, today was a little bit scrappy. Could have been better, but at the end of the day, we came back, came away with a victory. And at the end of the day, it comes away one nil win for Scotland. We've done well in both the games and it's been a t- tough two games and now we're raring to go for the Euros. We've got to make sure we're, we're flying for those games, make sure we carry that momentum into it because going into the Euros is a whole different kind of level you look at it three final games that anything can happen and you've got to leave everything on the pitch so you know the moment, momentum for us is, is doing really well for us that was Lyndon Dykes on a dodgy zoom link towards the end there um, Davey doing the commentary uh, with Crocs uh, on Sunday night at Scotland uh, one in Luxembourg should have been a bigger winning margin uh, Lyndon Dykes Probably should have scored himself at one stage as Hedder came back off the post uh, first half. But he, he spoke there, Davey, about uh, a changing mentality and there's no doubt that's true when it comes to, to yeah. Scotland. There's a whole different feeling at the moment. Yeah. I, I don't remember a, a Scotland side going into a major tournament in such good shape. For all, In fact, I don't, I don't remember ever a, a Scotland side. You could argue Ali McLeod's team, you know, where everyone was getting carried oh, away. But yeah. We were winning at that time though, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, but I, th- I think this, this team has got its feet on the ground. Um... I think a lot of that comes from the manager who doesn't get too up and doesn't get too down either. Um, I think we're in terrific shape. I, I just pray that the virus takes a week off and that Steve Clark has a full squad to pick from next Monday. And I think we've got, had a fair old sense of where Scotland are at tonight in those interviews yeah. uh, with Declan Gallagher, with Stephen O'Donnell as well. Uh, there is humility uh, about the squad. Nobody's uh, shooting their mouth off at this stage, but there is a quiet confidence uh, that Scotland crags are in a good place. And it's not false hope. It's realistic because the players have earned the right. And I think, you know, Lyndon Dyke spoke about momentum and the feel-good factor. Naturally, that comes from winning games, but it also comes from turning up and looking at your teammates and thinking, we've got good players here. You know, real trust in each other, that togetherness, that spirit, that camaraderie off the pitch, it certainly, you know, when it goes on the pitch, it becomes real. And Scotland looking now and thinking, I think they should be disappointed if they don't get out of the group. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's, I think you're right. that's how strong yeah. a position they're in, David. That would yeah. be, I think yeah. now it would be a disappointment. So they've raised the expectation levels, but I think they're more than capable of meeting it. We've spoken about almost every other position in the team. Is it David Marshall mm. in goals? Because obviously Craig Gordon started against yeah. the Dutch. Could toss a coin again, couldn't yeah. you? Um, he made that big save in Luxembourg, yeah, didn't I, he? I think that I think that might be um, that might be the difference. Actually, that save that David Marshall made from the Grant Hanley um, it would have been an own goal, but terrific save from David Marshall. It was just a reminder, I think, to Steve Clark, you know, that David Marshall at his very best and what he did, of course, in terms of Scotland qualifying in the first place as well. Craig's uh, a winning start for Scotland yeah. or next Monday. I don't think there'll be lots of goals, but I, I think certainly Scotland. I would go for one nil. And Davy? Yeah, I think Scotland will win. Uh, I, I think providing Steve Clark starts with two up, and I think he will. I think Scotland can get off to a flyer. Yeah. Davy, thank you very much. Thank you, uh, thank you to Craig's as well. Thank you to for listening. Six days away from Scotland against the Czech Republic. Our build-up, our all-star build-up continues uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, Jen Beattie is on the show, Arsenal and Scotland uh, defender, just 131 caps. She was with us last week and uh, she will be with uh, Barry and with Paul. And talking of Paul, Paul McStay will be on the show as well to give us his thoughts on the upcoming Euros for Scotland. As usual, live at five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. 
It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.